You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, uh, Friday evening all as we roll on into the weekend, the last weekend of 2019 without Cleveland Browns legitimate on-the-field action to talk about it. Yes, I'm quite excited about it. Um... So, you know, we'll be, you know, by this time next weekend, we'll have, you know, a bunch of practices under the belt. So that's fantastic to talk about. I'm obviously thrilled and giddy. I, I think everybody in, you know, Pete said this last night and everybody at this point. Look, it's we've all had enough. It's time. It's you know, that's it. It's over with. Let's get back to ball. Uh, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound on Lockdown Browns with your local experts on the biggest stories. Brought to you tonight by Hotels.com. Create some sort of trip. Short one, big one. Use Hotels.com. Get rewarded. Be there. Do that. Use Hotels.com and get rewarded. Uh, obviously, we are going to continue with your training camp previews tonight. We are going to get to the wide receiver and the tight end groups. Um going to be fun, obviously. Um, but Pete, this one, this decision has been a long time in the making and it's been in limbo for a while. And yes, Tyreek Hill's actions in the man himself and his track record, I'm not a fan of. I think where I'm aggravated more today is just the constant part of Roger Goodell and whoever's making these decisions of completely contradicting yourselves and having rules in place that only fit for certain players and it's just a shit show and Tyreek Hill uh, to this point and there's the well if new evidence is found and yada 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 uh, Tyreek Hill is just going to roll into the 2019 season for the Kansas City Chiefs just like he is any other player in the NFL. Yeah, whether it's a case of he's a star and they want him on the field or they've basically decided that discipline is not in their best interest from a business standpoint, they basically clipped, flipped their entire history on the issue and, and, and punted on it in a situation where they acknowledge a victim, they acknowledge uh, things he has done in the past, and then disregarded all of them in terms of things that players have been punished for before. Uh, obviously, everybody is immediately jumping to the Jimmy Smith example, who was suspended four games for what uh, was termed emotional abuse and specifically citing text messages. Uh, where you compare that to, uh, a, you have audio of you know him clearly threatening this woman and and uh by inference uh their son and they're saying that they can't prove it they're basically hiding behind the idea that because he hasn't been proven guilty they're you know basically saying innocent until proven guilty here which has to be incredibly frustrating for any number of players who have dealt with this system uh, and Jimmy Smith should be no, is obviously a notable example who have been arrested and then suspended, who are later not convicted or whatever uh, in that sense. So it's remarkably uh, deaf from that standpoint. And it, their their strategy really does seem to be one where, you know what, people are going to complain for a while, but they're going to stop and we're going to move on and people are going to forget about it. And I think, honestly, that that is uh, the only real, uh, I guess, remedy that fans have is they basically don't let the NFL 
uh, or the Chiefs or anyone else forget this thing happened and is a is a real thing. Uh, clearly, video is more important than anything when it comes to a crime uh, or any infraction when it comes to the personal conduct policy. Uh, I am the, the child's future is still unclear. Uh, there is going to be a hearing as to what is going to happen to the child uh, and whether he's going to continue to live in that house. Uh, I, I certainly hope he's not. Uh, but that's the thing is, is at the end of this, they could, this child could be taken out of the home. Uh, there is, is a past here and you're still going to let him go to training camp and proceed with his career as if nothing happened. Uh, which is just the absolute worst. And the thing I, 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 you know, when when you get into the Kareem Hunt thing, this does not make me think. Well, Kareem Hunt's uh, situation, you know, his sentence or whatever, how you want, his punishment should be lightened. It doesn't make me think that at all. It just makes me disgusted that this is their attitude when it comes to this. Because my fear is the NFL is not going to act until they have a body. And that's terrifying uh, in the worst possible way. That's downright chilling that they're waiting for uh, another situation where you you have a Javon Belcher, which is the same team uh, where you have, you know, an awful, awful situation right out in front of the stadium where you have that uh, murder-suicide thing. Uh, And here we are with a, 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 a child. Again, it it is a three-year-old child who has been abused we have a player who admitted, you know, admitted guilt in terms of uh, uh, punching and strangling this woman uh, when she was pregnant. Uh, and I don't pretend at all that she doesn't have some fault in this. If for no other reason, she's still with him. Uh, but certainly, there seems to be some a manipulative and duplicitous nature on her part. But these are two people who have no business being in each other's lives. It's in their bond right now is the the child they have and the twins. They're supposedly still on the way, um, and you know we're all just sort of waiting for the absolute worst thing to happen before anyone's going to step in and go. This is this is enough. My wife loves the Dateline series. She loves to. You know, watch the trials of you know domestic violence and you know first things in and to start it all off is Tyreek Hill and Crystal Espinal y'all need to get the freaking hell away from each other um, you're about as toxic as toxic can be um, when they say things like well you know we don't have much evidence well him saying you know what he said where you better be scared of me too bitch uh, you know, after he's already been convicted of assaulting this woman, and you look at the Jimmy Smith scenario, yeah, I mean, he shouldn't be allowed to say this to her. And if she wanted to ta- use that audio and get a restraining order and get Tyreek Hill the hell out of her life, that would be handled. Um, totally with you on, I don't think either one of these, it's a question of who's more wrong. Um, and, and if you're both wrong, you know, the question of who's more wrong, I, I don't care about. Um, you care about kids. You absolutely 100% care about kids. If their end game between the two of them is, let's get that big contract, and then maybe we'll go our separate ways so everybody 
involved is taken care of. I mean, I I get it, but you're doing you're going about it in the worst way possible because uh, a child is already suffering. Uh, who knows? And it seems it's almost weird because it seems like she's been pregnant with these twins for almost a year now because she seemed pretty far along when this all started in March. And, you know, here we are four, four full months later. Um, you got Tom Brady. An absolute, I mean, look, whatever you want to say, you know, cutting corners, whatever, you know, it's, you know, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You got Tom Brady suspended for four games for taking some air out of some footballs. Tom Brady, who, you know, may go down as one of the greatest quarterback ever, one of the greatest competitors in this league's history ever. Tom Brady had to sit for four weeks in the NFL. You weren't sure whether or not you could tell Tyreek Hill, yo, September, you're off. You're not playing. Um, the video evidence over everything else, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it seems that, you know, it, it seems really, really weak to say we're not sure if a crime has been committed unless we can actually see it. Um, whatever happened with their son, at this point, who knows? I don't know if anybody will ever know. Um, but, you know, again, that's something he kind of admitted to. Uh, you know, and the thing that you worry about is, and this is what we talked about, you know, with Des Harrison and stuff like that, is giving some of these questionable guys second, third, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh chances, and then what's going to happen? Des Harrison right now is in bail without parole, in jail without parole. Without the possibility of parole, that's where Des Harrison is right now. And do you let these discretions go by, go by, because of talent and yada yada yada? And and like you said, till it gets really, really, really bad, and it shouldn't. You're a league. You have you have female fans to answer to. You have children who watch your game. It's the, the NFL. Just take some balls once and say, no, this is the way it's going to be. And this is it. You're out a month, whatever. And just somebody step up for this stuff. It's it's terrible. And look, you know, Josh Gordon, as bad as he is, but Josh Gordon's crimes are against himself. And the fact that Josh Gordon is missing as much time as he has when you have some of these other guys, it, it, it just make find a way to make some sense of it because it's embarrassing. You have the best on-field product in the world. No, it's not going to affect ratings. Sadly, it's not. But so you can truly take a stance as a league, and that's the problem I have. You can do it. Other leagues maybe can't afford to, but you're the NFL, and you can, you're dropping down the biggest hammer of anybody, and you can truly make a difference. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the worst possible look the NFL could have. And again, if if people don't stick with this and continue to voice their outrage on this, then they're gonna. This is gonna be their modus operandi from here on out. That they're basically just gonna say, "Screw it." It's you know, if we don't talk about it, maybe no one else will. And you know, then it becomes you know, it won't be in the news as much. And and again, unless there's video, we're not gonna take a strong stance. But you can't pretend you're a league that takes domestic violence seriously uh, when you look at the situation and you're saying, no, nah, we're not going to do anything. We're, we're, we're going to, you know, innocent until proven guilty. There's not enough evidence. Um, despite, despite precedent, despite behavior that has been punished before, despite all of these things. And, 
you know, I, I, I see what Mike Florio tweeted, and I don't buy it for a minute that he's going to stop covering the league. He's made this threat before. But I understand the, the sort of desperation and just utter disbelief at how tone deaf and uh, money grubbing the NFL comes off in this situation. That it's way more important for them to protect their product and do uh, the right thing. And that's really disappointing. You know, obviously we talk about the NFL all the time, you know, we cover it. Uh, we love the game. And this is sort of how your, 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 your job, if, as you're the, the commissioner is supposed to be more than just being a shield for the owners. You're supposed to be a, a somebody who's, um, a custodian for the game. You're supposed to be protecting and bettering the game. And none of the none of the actions taken today do any of those things. And whatever the cynical view is uh, they have on it, you know, I can't help but think that the reason she didn't talk is because uh, she is trying to make sure that he gets his extension. Uh, for substantial money and then you know she gets her piece of that however that works out now uh, is she going to be alive that long because uh, you know is is it worth that risk i don't know but that that uh that certainly feels like the play here that both of them are basically just saying well if you shut up we're going to get paid and then we can you know get divorce separate whatever their status is uh, and, and, you know, the kids, the, the kids will be better off because I have all this money and that will take care of all the problems we have and all that. And it's just disgusting on any number of levels. And, uh, you know, it, it, if the chiefs are willing to pay him for that, then I suppose they deserve whatever they get for it. But this is a team that has now, uh, decided apparently that it's perfectly okay and uh, we're, we're just going to be that team that does this stuff. And they can come out and say, well, we can't do this, that, and the other because he wasn't proven. And that's bullshit in the same sense that if Tyreek Hill had, was working on a loading dock, was working in an office, was working in a school, was working at any you know normal job, and people love to try to make their jobs comparable to the NFL, he would be immediately terminated uh, and his life would probably be, you know, over in most respects, even if he was ultimately uh, ended up proven innocent. And that's, you could say that's unfair. That's just that and the other, but that's how it works. And and they're saying, well, you, of course you can get paid until, until we find out more information. And it's just, it's the worst part of this sport and what we do that this is, has to be, a thing and it's incredibly disappointed to to cover a league that seems to be determined to be the most backward on this issue yeah i couldn't agree with you more and even and just my final thing with with tom brady actually getting suspended four games there was a referee who spotted those balls all game long and if you're a referee you are around footballs a ton you know what feels right you know what feels wrong it could have been stopped, put to bed right there. Uh, but yet somehow, maybe the game's biggest star found a way to get suspended for four weeks. But you, you can't get something of this nature. NFL, get yourself to 
together, we're going to get to the wide receivers. We're going to get to the tight ends. Uh, quick word here. Uh, Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. For a limited time, Postmates is giving Locked On listeners $100 in free delivery credit for your first seven days. Download the Postmates app and use the promo code capital L locked capital O capital N on locked on. Go ahead and download Postmates. Uh, let your shopping be done for you. And if it's this hot, who the hell wants to go to the store? Have it brought in. Pete, we get to talk some ball now. Um, without a doubt, this is the exciting part. Obviously, we'll get to the running backs and the quarterbacks, which is just as exciting. But this is the fun part. This is the money makers. This is the what's going to make the scoreboard go off like a pinball machine. Um, I'm assuming just the best way. <laughs> Wide receiver position, and it's 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 just a damn good group one through four. Um, and this is one of the things that you're going to notice with the trends of these, as opposed to when we did it last year. Um, it's going to be more guys, you know, top heavy. It's going to be well, who's going to round out the group? We know the one through four, and they're a glorious group. Let's go, Pete. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Beckham, uh, Beckham, Landry, Callaway, and 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 Higgins are are, are going to make the team. It's a, it's entirely a question of if they're going to keep six, which you know, which other two, and what are they really looking for from those two? And I assume that, granted, they want their fifth receiver to be able to contribute, but I assume both of these positions, both of these guys must be able to uh, contribute on special teams. So with that in mind, I, I have Damian Ratley and I have Derek Willies uh, making it, and that's because they are gunners first and foremost, uh, and I think that is what is ultimately going to get them on the team. Uh, and, and certainly I think Ratley has, and, and Willie's obviously showed in the Baltimore Ravens game last year. Ratley has some viability as receivers that both guys who have a lot of speed and can stretch the field and both have pretty good size. Both are taller. Ratley's 6'2". Derek Willie's about 6'4". Uh, they, and decent size, are both 200 pounds or so. Uh, they offer something that's worth developing. Uh, both have some upside, but first and foremost, they have to be able to get all the special teams reps out of that because you're not going to put any of those other guys on those units. No, those uh, you're never going to see one of those four cover a kick. Uh, there's no way, you know, maybe there's a possibility, you know, Callaway, you know, maybe in return. Uh, Landry, you know, is a sure-handed, you know, uh, you know as, as far as a punt returner. Odell is one of those. There could be a special occasion where it's tight in the game, and you know, and you could throw him out there and hope you get the big return out of him, which he's absolutely capable of. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to be pining for it. That's just a, you know, Odell loves a stage of an opportunity of making a difference-making play. Uh, so yeah, there is all that. I, I I don't see anybody else than these six making it. Yes, the special teams are key. Ratley and Willies, they bring a size advantage here that nobody else can. Um, you know, I, I, I go back to that Charger game, and a lot of people take a a negative from that 
with with Damian Ratley. Oh, well, the kid dropped this ball. The kid dropped that ball. I mean, he literally had no run up until that point except for a little garbage time. And you put him into a game where, you know, obviously he got into that scenario, was maybe a little over his head, but I I still believe his final stat line that day was seven receptions for 92 against the Los Angeles Chargers, who are a really damn good football team. Uh, You know, I take that away, uh, you know, from... And with Damian, you think about it, he was very rarely used as a JUCO kid. Wasn't really used much at Texas A&M to the latter part of his senior year. Um, put together a great pro day, and that's kind of where you know, uh, you know, John Dorsey and in the, in, in the front office and the, and the scouting staff took notice. You know, here's a guy we can get late. Uh, you know, had a very nice physical resume, not very much statistical resume, but you know, athletically he was better than some guys that went two and three rounds before him. Um, he's a no-nonsense kid. He's a football-first kid. There is an episode with Damian Ratley. He's been on this show. And it's the first thing you get is, you know, and he, he said it then, and, you know, he was a Brown for maybe, you know, eight, ten days. Look, I don't care what they ask me to do. I'll do it. I understand the role I'm coming into. And obviously now his chances are even slimmer to get real wide receiver reps with all that's in front of him. But he's, he's a guy that just wants to play in the NFL for a living. If he understands he's the low man on the totem pole for now, he's still going to do it. Willie's, obviously, he'll always be that one-week darling against the Baltimore Ravens where he was crucial. He was essential, just like Duke Johnson was late, what turned into, obviously, a huge uh, you know conference win at home uh, you know against one of the big brothers that the Browns have had to face for all these years. Um, you know, and you just, you just, you still, you kind of pinch yourself, you know. Odell Beckham is going to be playing for the Cleveland Browns. It's just something, you know, it's, you know, you know it's there, but, you know, until you actually get to fire up week one against Tennessee and see him out there, and trust me, him and Baker, it's just going to be a beautiful, beautiful thing together. Uh, You know, now you look at, you know, what Landry was able to do last year, Callaway and Higgins all together, and now it's where, you know, I hate to say role players because they're still going to put up solid numbers, but essentially it is. And, and you put that blend together where Rashard and Baker, it's just a look. All right, I see it. You see it. We're going to go with it. And Callaway, who it's you know started to emerge as a big time. You go to that Denver Bronco game where Baker audible to him and said, kid, it's me and you right here. We're going to go get this touchdown. And they went and got that touchdown. And Jarvis, where he can maybe focus more on the slot where we, he's, you know, grew, you know, as a household name of being able to put up, you know, a lot of receptions, some yards, and, you know, it's it's going to be a really, really fun blend at the wide receiver position. The wide receiver in me is jacked and geeked to get to watch this all go down. Uh, in You know, there may be times, and there's probably going to be a lot of this, you know, if everybody in the building, coaches-wise, front office is okay with it, you know, Baker isn't, Odell isn't doing anything today. Tomorrow, Jarvis isn't doing anything. Don't worry about it. Uh, A, it's one to get everybody enough reps because there are some kids in here with some promise, obviously, in Ish Hyman. Um, uh, Pete, you're, uh, who's your guy? Come on, help me out. The one you keep talking about, the local kid. Oh, Jordan Baker, yeah, I mean, he's a guy who has a shot at, I think, making a practice squad. I think, uh, you know, it, it, so long as he can do the things he, he, he was able to do at Kentucky – you know, I'll be it briefly uh, because of Without some of the injury. quarterback. <laughs> yeah, if he can do some of those things, then they may willing maybe willing to hold on to him and and see if he can develop because he's you know he's a big receiver, uh, obviously coming out. Uh, 
But, you know, a guy like DJ Montgomery could be in that mix. He's another speedster guy out of a really small school. Um, I, you know, I think they're going to want to keep or, or acquire somebody for their practice squad. Uh, but in addition to the special teams aspect of this, I think it's still paramount. I, I do think they'd like to get some sort of facsimile of uh, what Prashad Perryman was able to add and that it's a field-stretching guy with some size who'd go deep down the field. Uh, and, and uh, you know, that is something I think that, you know, obviously the Willies and and, uh, and Ratley can potentially offer is, you know, they, they have uh, two guys who can really stretch the field in Beckham and, and Callaway. They've got two more uh, nuanced players, and certainly Higgins can make some plays down the field, but that's he, it's no one's calling him a burner. He's more of a, a nuanced route running type. But if they, you know, if they do go five wide or they do need somebody to come in because somebody's tired or whatever, then I think they would like to have, you know, somebody who can potentially make a big play quickly as opposed to another role player. So, like, that's, you know, where a, a Blake Jackson is really trying to make his uh, make his, his name on this roster by being sort of a, a, a quicker guy, uh, an underneath player. And, and based on what they have, it seems far more likely that they're going to want guys who can at least theoretically stretch the field for teams and at least offer speed element. So if they have them out there, even if they're not, you know, dynamic players, they at least force a team to potentially cover deep or whatever, because obviously Baker Mayfield is this guy who's going to find you if you get open. So I think that's one more element where, you know, their presence can potentially create more opportunities for the, the guys they do want to get the ball. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, and, and look, these are guys going to be able to make their name, and obviously, you know, it may be with, you know, obviously with Gilbert, uh, maybe with Coach Stanton, uh, obviously, uh, Blau, correct? Yeah, David Blau. David Blau, you know, we've, but that's been one we butchered, sorry, David Blau. Uh, by the way, somebody, Madden, coming out soon, take up, take David Blau's money in that 250, come on. Go win a Super Bowl with David Blau. Um, so it's going to be fun how those you know those kids and look they're going to get a lot of opportunities early. Uh, I don't know how much the core of this wide receiver group, the re- the amount of reps they're going to take in preseason games. Uh, me personally, uh, I, I I wouldn't. It's the, the the risk is certainly greater than the reward in this scenario. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Baker already has a relationship with Odell. It's year two with these other guys, and, and we know how they gel. Uh, maybe the, some of the best work they can get will be in practice reps. Uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out and how they choose to handle it. Me personally, I would certainly go with the cautious, you know, the slow, cautious approach. And, you know, hey, maybe, you know, I, I don't even know week one who you're going to see. Uh, maybe week three, maybe it's a quarter. I don't even know if I'd go a half into the second half with it, to be completely honest with you. It, it just it just doesn't make a ton of sense in that respect. Uh, you know, these guys are well-conditioned athletes. They played football for a long time, regardless of their age. They know how it works. They know what they're doing. They all have personal trainers and things that they do. You know, I'm not worried about a guy being able to go 60 minutes, you know, come week one. I'm not too concerned in that aspect. Which kicks it over to the tight end position. Uh, first things first. Mr. Fells, we're going to miss you, big guy. Uh, the playmaker, number 88. Uh, all the best, but we're going to have to move on, Pete. We're going to have to move on. David Najoku, year three, at only 23 years old. Mr. Harris, let's get going. Uh, first, I don't have to move on, uh, but we'll, we'll try for the sake of the show. Uh, David Najoku, 
obviously, you know, this is this is the big deal year for him. Demetrius Harris is going to make the team. Um, my fear is that Harris is going to be become the most, you know, everything fans hate about uh, players in that the stuff he does really well probably won't be seen or appreciated much. Uh, and the stuff he does wrong, namely catching footballs, uh, he's re- really super inconsistent in that he has a ton of drops in his in his pe- past, and, and it would not surprise me if he just it drives fans insane. Uh, I think Seth DeValve is still going to make this team. Um uh, you know, unless somebody else is coming from outside the roster, I don't think Steven Carlson's going to get there yet. And I've yet to see anything out of Pharaoh Brown to make me think he's going to do anything. So, you know, obviously, look, if, if he gets hurt, uh, that'll be that'll basically be it uh, with the valve. But look, when he's healthy and he's been on the field, he has given you reason to want to put him on the field. I, you know, and it's still a mystery what really happened with him last season, if it was all interrelated or whatever, but he's still here. Like it, it feels like if they really gave up on him, they would have just moved on. But for some reason he's here. Uh, and, and again, it may be as simple as they have, you know, if somebody comes available, they'll grab them and move on from him and, and do it that way. But at least right now, those are the three guys I have. And then, I, you know, if you want to call him a tight end, uh, at least for now, uh, I still have uh, Morrison Charles making it as that fullback. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, that's another one where I, I, I'm not guaranteeing anything with him. I think he could easily be beaten out. Uh, but that right now seems to be where everything's headed. Uh and the thing with DeValve, and I think which kind of gives him a tad bit of a trump card, I'm the other way. I, I just, I don't know. I, I just think, you know, after this such a limited, limited rep last year, you know, I, I think maybe in their minds they've kind of already moved on. But what gives DeValve a calling card and a possible staying feature is he gives you something that only David Njoku can give you. So if something happened to David, set the valve is a really good athlete at the position. And, you know, Harris is not going to give you that. You know, Harris is now uh, obviously, <clears throat> you know, uh, you know the new fells, not the receiver. Um, definitely, and Pete's not wrong there. I mean, there's, you know, you, you've seen play actions where he's wide open and it, it, you know, it looks like you're throwing it to your fourth offensive tackle like he hasn't seen a football thrown his way in two months. Uh, very inconsistent with that. You know, it puts the hands over the eyes. I mean, there's some things that he just does that are, just so receiving wise, so so bad. Uh, but yes, he does block. Uh, the joy of David in year three. Um, I, I, we're, it, he is a top ten tight end in this in this league. I, I don't want to hear differently. Um, yes, he was brought along slowly as a rookie, which was a big big mistake. Once Baker got cooking last year, got himself more comfortable with everyone around him. You saw, you I mean, it was just easy to see what David Njoku can be. Go back to the preseason game against the Giants, where he, you know, catches the seam, and you've got linebackers and safety saying, nah, 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 I, I want no part of this beast running full speed coming at me. And special, special talent in that respect. But, you know, I, I do think, you know, Seth is tough. I, you know, for me, I, I think there's guys that they've just, in their minds, have already moved on from. And Orson Charles, because of the role that it seems only he, you know, is the only guy that can do that. 
I, I think that makes Orson a valuable, valuable piece. Um, we'll see how the rest of it plays out. But, you know, that's three right there without DeValve. I mean, you know, even if you have four, I doubt you're going to stink and dress four. Uh, in obvious short yardage and goal line, uh, you're going to be deep enough at the offensive line. You can just go tackle eligible and throw one of these guys out there. So, you know, it's I, I don't see how, even if they keep four, I don't see how four are dressing on game day. Uh, even if they do like Farrell, Brown, whatever, and, you know, he kind of fits the, the John Dorsey narrative in that respect. But between the wide receiver group, the tight end group, I mean, we're talking about Baker Mayfield potentially pushing close to 40 touchdown passes this year. It's going to be really, really fun to watch. Ways to help Locked On Browns, iTunes rating reviews. Make sure you are subscribed. Leave a five-star. Please, guys, I'm begging you. Drop a written review over there. Tell everybody how hard we're working. Ways to help Mr. Smith and Browns Maven. Uh, go to brownsmaven.com. Become a member. Interact over there. Help Pete out. Push the articles. The, it, it, the, the good thing about what Pete's doing right now is this is stuff you don't have to sit down and read. Uh, bang, you know. Whether it's locked on Browns first, or you want a little piece of, you know, Pete, you're gonna get a two-minute, you know, audio. Um, this is stuff you, you literally you can. I mean, it's not much different than a podcast that so you can listen to it while you're driving, and you know, get a nice 90 seconds to two minutes of Pete just pumping out some quick information, you know, about a situation, about a player, whatever. He's doing a great job with that. Uh, so go ahead to BrownsMaven.com. Make sure you're a member over there. Make sure you're following Browns Maven on Twitter. Great ways to help out Pete, help out I, as we are just looking forward to, you know, what, you know, is coming, and we're very, 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 very close. We got some listener questions here. Uh, one from Unicorn Killer. Um, I think we addressed this. Um, Pete thinks Seth DeValve is safe. I think Seth DeValve is going to be moved on from. Uh, maybe he's a guy. Here's one thing I would say, Pete. If Seth DeValve is highly featured early in the preseason, we probably know where that's headed. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, look, it, the thing is, or maybe DeValve, it's a, or maybe it's approve your freaking health, and maybe we'll use you more. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways you could look at it. I think if Seth DeValve, the best thing Seth DeValve can do for himself is to add the ability to. Do more fullback things, and he did that last year, at least one game, and he's certainly been a, a featured wing player at times uh, as a guy who could pull uh, as a as a wing blocker type deal. Uh, but if he can be a, a consistent blocker as a fullback, that sort of gives him another argument to stick around. Um, you know, I, whether that he that could be a full time gig really difficult sell on that. Especially uh, but, for a guy who's got a track record for getting injured a lot. Right, but the the advantage with him is if he can do it, then you get a supremely gifted athlete uh, that can line up and block and, and, and get out into the flat and do those play action type things and potentially be put out in space. Wheel and, routes and, and stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's the more you can do for in his situation, the better he can certainly help himself. And he's another guy because he's got, you know, that type of body type. And that's where a guy like Steven Carlson potentially has, has a shot is because you're, you know, six foot and six foot, some in, in change in 240 pounds or so, you know, that's an ideal size 
if, especially if you're athletic like Deval and Carlson are, to, to be on various uh, coverage teams, that you can uh, sort of really make yourself valuable to Mike Prefer from that standpoint. So, you know, I, I don't feel good about any – basically, I don't feel great about anyone not named Najoku or Demetrius Harris making this team. It's just right now they just don't have, you know, a real contender – uh, seemingly to take the job away from him unless one of the you know unless a guy like Carlson or uh, Farrell Brown are a real revelation in camp, which just seems not too likely to happen. So, uh, look, I mean, there's there's time for them to sort of churn the roster. There may be guys to come out. There may be you know some uh, you know guy who isn't going to make our team for guy who isn't going to make your team type trades, uh, but. Look, right now, it's just you look at Orson Charles and you look at uh, Seth the Valve, and unless you're, you know, you're, you're basically going, well, it's them or nobody type deal. I mean, that's the problem is, is you want to see somebody who can really come in and take that job from it. And, and, and until that presents themselves, you, you feel like, well, and you can say it's by default. I mean, right now, it feels like it, it, it is in some ways. I mean, I certainly enjoy it. Uh, what Seth Devolve can do, but he's got to actually do it uh, to, to to be able to make this team. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, certainly, if they feature him early, you can make the argument that it's to to showcase him, to move him. You can make the argument that's to make him prove himself. Whatever. I, I mean, I, let's put it this way: if they feature him, I will enjoy it because I, I think he's an interesting player. But uh, that that position on offense right now. Uh, is the most in flux, I think, out of any of them. Because that that has, you know, if they keep four tight ends or you, you call it three tight ends and a fullback, however you want to do that math, um, though that position feels like it has the most that could change between now and, and week one. Yeah, and it'll be interesting how it plays out. Because, I mean, look, if a younger player with some potential gets cut, uh, is Cleveland your best option? Because, um, you know, what you're going to get as far as reps may not be big. If it's, uh, you know, we're talking a veteran, 31, you know, 30, 31, who, you know, brings you the best of both worlds. He blocks pretty well, you know, when he call his number, you know, a.k.a. a Fells. If you could get another one of those, that'd be fantastic. Um, those may be more apt to look. It's, you know, do I want to go maybe, you know, you know, ring chasing. and at, Guys, I'm saying that softly, so nobody blow up over it. But, you know, do you want to go play for a good team where maybe, you know, if you're you're part of it, it's something where it can get you another year or two in the league, you know, because you've got a brand name because hopefully you were seen a lot on primetime games. Maybe you were seen in January games. So it, that part of it is. And But for just for me, it's, you know, I'm thinking with Seth Valve on the punt return team last year, walking off, putting his helmet down, putting on a baseball hat as the team is lining up first and 10 at their own 23, now you talk about all the changes that have been made and the improvement that's been made to all the skill positions. That's just what makes it tough for Seth. Um, look, I, you know, it's again, this is it, it's similar to my Duke Johnson thing. It's you know, I, I don't see how it works once it's gotten to this point. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm always in the corner for good athletes who, when you call their numbers, make things happen. So you know, Seth is definitely going to be a very very interesting player to watch uh, as this season unfolds uh got some more listener questions here and i always like i always enjoy a goofy one uh at cardiac underscore kid 19 who would win an arm wrestling match between you and pete 
I'm just going to say Pete's going to win because most likely I'm not even going to get involved. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's safe to say you'd beat me in that, but that's that's fine. Uh, Let's put it this way: it would literally it, it would be the worst six seconds of anything anybody would ever want to watch. Well, I think more than likely you'd win and somehow hurt something else on yourself. Yeah, and well, and the best part would be is I'm holding a Miller Lite tall boy in my left hand. Wait, you're oh, wait a minute, you freak! How would you even be doing this? Would you be doing it with your right hand or your left? Uh, I that that tends to be a right-handed thing, just because that's okay. So at least all right. So at least it would be an even matchup as far as strong side. But yeah, this is that's nothing anybody wants to see. Trust me on that one, kids. All right. Um, at Ryan Murphy. Uh, we've gone into the Harris thing. Um, give me the Demetrius Harris mismatch talk. I think that could be good for this offense. Obviously, we've gotten to that to this point. For me, how about a set of Demetrius Harris out wide left? David Njoku out wide right. Give me an Odell Beckham in a slot, in a, you know, I'm in a slot position either way, and pick your wide receiver of choice in any way on the other side. And let's just say this is, you know, the ninth game of the season going, you know, further Kareem Hunt at running back. That is a hell of a nice set, Pete. Well, this is the thing is, and this is why I say Demetrius Harris is going to drive people nuts because you're going to see a guy and you're going, holy crap, he should be able to do a ton of shit for this offense. And he just leaves you always wanting more. Now he's going to block. He blocks well. He's a great run blocker. Uh, he can do a little bit of pass block. He's an upgrade as a pure run blocker over defels. The issue is that with inconsistency and stuff, you're going to be going, oh, my God, look at this 6'7", 230-plus-pound guy, and you're going, why the hell isn't he able to do A, B, and C? So he's going to be that guy who's just – he's a little bit of a tease in that standpoint where you're sitting there going, man, this guy looks great. And then you go, oh, so – you know, I, I I hope he finds a way through it. Certainly, he's he's not like an old player. Uh, he certainly can get better. But this is a guy who is coming from a Chiefs team that had Patrick Mahomes, and you know he still wasn't you know a weapon. He was a toolsy guy that Chiefs fans weren't sitting there going, "Man, I don't know how we replace I don't know how we replace Demetrius Harris. He's a nice role player in the same way D- Darren Fells is." And the best attitude and the best sort of uh, thought process you have with Demetrius Harris is, man, he's he's going to do his thing as a blocker, and what you get from him is a nice surprise on offense in the way that it was for Darren Fells. Now, Darren Fells just happened to be you know, automatic in terms of his ridiculous uh, season of catching all but one pass and a bunch of them for touchdowns, including the first ever touchdown pass for Baker Mayfield. It's like every pass that went to him was just a pleasant surprise. And I think Demetrius Harris isn't going to have that type of thing. Uh, but look, Demetrius Harris is going to look the part of a guy who can be sort of the Steve Hyden to the uh, David Njoku, who was, you know, unfortunately compares to Kellen Winslow in that scenario. But that's the last time they had to really competent tight ends and then unfortunately with Hayden injuries you know derailed his career uh but he was a very good why that could do some things as a pat in the passing game where you had a really really good receiver Njoku has the ability to be a great receiver is going to add to become hopefully a, a much more accomplished blocker and then Demetrius Harris could be that true why and if he can 
take another step forward, that'd be great. But it's going to be this. Anything you get from him in that capacity is going to be a nice bonus. It almost hurts you to let that Winslow name out of your mouth, didn't it? It does. I mean, it's, it, it, you know. If you're just, talk, that, just talking ball. Yeah, I know. But even it, still, no, it's I mean, a little awkward. It's like, it, that's the thing is like with this, you know, Tyreek Hill thing is like, and look, obviously, you know, beyond certain things that apparently were happening when he was on the team, which is freaking disturbing as hell. I don't know how you didn't come away with the idea that he wasn't a psychotic guy at that point. But, you know, he hadn't gotten to this point where, you know, where he's become, you know, he's become like a full-fledged monster. And the thing is, like, you already have strong evidence that this this guy in Hill is there, and you're basically going, boys will be boys or innocent till proven guilty or whatever, whatever excuse you want to come up with. is like when this goes, you know, this is the type of thing where, you know, domestic abuse tends to get worse, not better, uh, where it, it does lead to, you know, a dead body or, or, or an awful, awful situation that, you know, just a, a, a sad story one way or the other, unless somebody's really willing to step in and, and, you know, deal with this in an appropriate way. And, and I don't know if the chiefs are willing to do that. I don't know if the NFL is willing to do that. I don't, I, I don't know, but the the thing that makes this so, that's what makes this so frustrating is you're, you're, you're going, man, I, I, I don't want to wake up and wait, you know, and read that, you know that that there's a a dead woman or a dead child or or whatever and a suicide whatever situation it is where it's just like you you thought yourself as you're seeing this man you know this was not a surprise that's the thing is if that type of thing were to happen with Tyreek Hill you would not be surprised and that's I think the biggest shame about this is that that there feels like there's nothing being done to what feels like it's something that's going to end up going down that bad path and I think and look and, and, and even to be fair part of this could be maybe what potentially happens to Tyreek Hill at the hands of Crystal Espinal whatever her name is it's just a toxic toxic situation and the fact that there's children involved that's the part for me that touches home. It's just a terrible situation. And three years old. Three. Yeah, no, but I mean, literally, they like one of them needs to be in California. The other one needs to be in New Jersey, Maryland, Pennsylvania. Like these people need almost a continent between each other. Because personally, it, I think I think being sentenced to live in New Jersey is a fantastic punishment. Uh, nah, nah, nah. We got an ocean. You guys got lakes. There's not much <laughs> difference. <laughs> It could be like you know those those crappy uh, Kurt Russell movies like Escape from New York, Escape from L.A. and we just say okay, escape, escape from Escape from Trenton, Escape from uh, Newark. Oh, Camden. From Camden. No, Camden. Camden. <laughs> it, it's disturbing how many great examples there are in that wonderful state, in the in the Garden State, so to speak. I can give you the bad spots. There's no doubt about that. And actually, since you went here, it, it, why I threw out Camden once, um, there's a concert venue there. It's outside. You know, obviously, there's roofing. It, it's it's a beautiful concert venue. There's an aquarium there. It is absolutely gorgeous. It is like one of the worst areas on the entire East Coast. And my wife, one time, one of the first times she went there with the kids, got lost coming home. And she calls me. She's like, I don't know what to do. I'm lost. And basically, I told her to drive over the speed limit run every light possible and hopefully get pulled over and she did and she told the copper situation 
and the cop said, follow me, and got her onto the main highway, and got her out of Camden. Yes, I'll be honest, yeah, there's parts of New Jersey that you certainly do not want to be in. About 75% of the state. And the oh, rest stop! Is, it's not. Precious Princeton. <laughs> it is not that bad. Uh, all right, we got one last question here, and James Tony, um, how far do how far into camp do you think it will take for us to get an idea on how the secondary will play out, specifically the second safety spot, how the corner position is going to work out? Um, I'll just throw out it's it, most likely it'll be week three of preseason, but go ahead, Pete. Um, I think. Corner, look, I, look. They they'd be lying to you if they said they aren't hoping that Gritty Williams can take that job, the the other boundary corner job. Now, they're, yeah. they're they the way they're viewing it is they got a first round pick in Greedy Williams without using a first round pick. Yeah, I mean, I think look, they are hoping like hell he is good enough to take it, and it's not a question of they're not going to give it to him, but they want him to be good enough to earn it. The other safety position is may come down to the wire uh, just because they they suck. I mean, I'm sorry, they suck. Uh, but like it, I, it, it, okay, but I don't ever think it's going to be the other safety position. I think it's going to be a combination combination of all of them. Well, it is. Look, don't get me wrong. It's going to be a, a, a it's a committee approach. Look, it's definitely a committee approach, and, and I think they'd love to get Jermaine Whitehead to be productive enough to do most of the jobs, but clearly. You know, they have a situation where they've got two guys who are more equipped to play up up near in the box in Whitehead and Morgan Burnett. And they've got guys who are more equipped to play back like Sheldrick Redwine, like uh, Eric Murray, like some of those other guys uh, that, you know, can can potentially play deeper. And you're basically saying that strong safety is more of a situational position as opposed to a full-time guy. Like, look, I mean, this is Odell Beckham is fantastic, but that is the price you paid by giving up Jabril Peppers. And it's not to say you're regretting giving up Jabril Peppers. It's just, he was really, really good. He could do the entire job and the Browns don't have that guy right now, short of a revelation that seems unlikely. So they're going to cobble this thing together. It's going to be Demarius Randall and situational player. And that, you know, that could, theoretically include TJ Carey. It seems unlikely, but that's, it's possible. They, 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 I, I think that is an all, all hands on deck type position, but the corner, you know, that, that, that could come down to the wire. I think it's, it's entirely a question of how fast guys can take it. Because even if you go back to last year and certainly Terrence Mitchell was a guy who made the most of some opportunity. He, he came up big in big situations. He's a pretty average corner in general. And if you remember the start of camp last year, like most of those corners was just getting rocked. Like they were getting cooked. Jarvis Lynch was eating everybody's lunch. Which is sad. Um, <laughs> but but that, that was the thing. Is like the early part of camp, it was like, oh, my God, they signed all these guys and none of them can play. Uh, so – and, and they ultimately made it out okay. And so, you know, if Greedy Williams can hit the ground running and, and the contact part of this isn't too much for him, then I think that could be decided really quickly and they just go to Greedy Williams. If not, if he, if he, you know, he's a rookie and, a, and young and, and relatively thin, if, if that proves to be more difficult, it's going to be uh, a quick, it, it's, it's more of a question of when as opposed to if, whether that's 
before the season starts or if that's like week seven of the regular season. But at some point, he's likely going to take that job over. It could be, you know, by the, week 16 by the time they're ready to make a playoffs or in the playoffs where they like like him in a matchup or something. But uh, that, that, that other safety position or, or however it's going to work out is the one that may take longer than any position on the field to sort of sort out and truly how they want it to go. And, and I'm also going to go with it's going to be whether or not you're going to tackle. Um, because, it, you know, look, Steve Wilkes loves him some defensive backs. So he's got no problem having a bunch of them. But uh, if you're the Stunod or the Stooge who missed a tackle that turned a five-yard, which should have been a five-yard reception into a 17- to 21-yard gain, yeah, that's going to be the problem. You better be a sure tackler because he's got a lot of guys he can put out there. So it's okay if you sort of got beat, but you better make sure that when you get your guy, you do get him down. Pete, we covered a ton here. Obviously, you know, the Tyreek Hill news, um, your wide receiver tight end preview, listener questions. Anything we missed? Uh, I, I think NFL-wise, I think we got the big news of the day. Well, that, that is the biggest. Uh, Darren Sproles signed with the Eagles again for they, another year. They do things so freaking well. And it's a shame because Philly, on a whole, on a national scene, whatever sport it is, doesn't get the credit it deserves. But they they are just a fine, well-oiled machine right now as far as what's going on in that front office and the roster they put out in the last couple of years. Well, they've, they've got like eight running backs now, and I fully expect between now and, and, and the time uh, camp rolls around, they're probably going to trade about three of them for some conditional pick or a player that you know another team's going to cut, and they're going to find ways to sort of address some issues. And the other thing that happened uh, or was announced, I don't know when it happened, was unfortunately a uh, former oh my God. Uh, yeah. New, New York Giants uh, and Arkansas offensive lineman Mitch Petras passed away, 32 years old. Apparently he was... Uh, working for his family business out in this ridiculous heat, had he stroke and essentially succumbed to it, uh, which is awful. But that, you know, certainly if you're living in this area of the country, and, and I don't know where, uh, you know, if he's down it was south. In Arkansas. It was in Arkansas. So it may have been even worse, but up here there's, you know, there's a pretty obnoxious heat wave going on. Uh, and, you know, nobody is immune to that type of thing. So you got to be. Uh, obviously, you got to be smart with this type of stuff. You got to do what you got to do to, uh, you know, make sure you're safe. And, th- and that might be uh, as simple as, you know, keeping yourself hydrated and stuff. And or if you're in a situation like this, it's you got to stop doing what you're doing and go inside because it's just not safe uh, to to be out there that long or whatever. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. That seems like a preventable situation and and very unfortunate for. For all of those fans, but most of all his family. Yeah, um, it, it may sound stupid, uh, folks, but uh, Pedialyte, um, A number one, everybody always Gatorade. It's this hot. I mean, even if you're drinking Gatorade, it's got to be watered down because that stuff will just crush you if you drink too much of it too fast. Um, the amount of water you actually need to hydrate your body on days like today, it, it, it's you know you're going to end up sick. Um, you know, 64 ounces a day. Yeah, that's not a normal day. On a day like that today, and right now where it is now, where you know heat index of 105, you got to double that amount. Uh, that much fluid in your body. No, Pedialyte is a good one. Uh, look, I mean, you know, make sure you. I mean, always have water with you. 
whatever, stick it with soda, all that other crap. No, it, yeah, look, I, I like Coca-Cola, I do, but it, it, this stuff, it's just not the time. And exactly, get understand, you know, you cannot go to bell to bell in weather like this. Nobody would expect you to. Um, it's just, it, it's it's terrible. Thirty-two years old, and he was a guy who was a obviously a top shelf athlete. And you know the New York Giants. You know, look, obviously you've seen the Twitter feed here. But no, I mean you're talking about people that were part of their organization now, and this is two guys in two weeks. And it's just terrible. I mean, it, it, it's it's you know some of it's preventable. Obviously, very much preventable. Um, you know, just make wise choices. If you're listening here, you know. For me, I you know yes, it's the iced coffee in the morning, uh, frozen water bottles that comes out first thing in the morning, and you know usually go through two of them, and as the ice dissipates, more water goes in, and then once the ice is all gone, we go on to the next one. Just take care of yourself. It's crazy. Uh, it's gonna break soon, but just hang in there because it's only gonna be even worse the next two days. And even Pete and his kids, they've got a potential seven on seven tournament tomorrow, and you guys, Pete, you and the rest of your staff, you guys are concerned about you. Know, the best part, what is in the best interest of your kids? Sure. I mean, look, you don't, you don't want anyone to, to go down in that situation. The last thing you want is, is, is that type of situation, which you know, you're hoping to be a beneficial experience to be, you know, a tragic one, but the, the certainly something you have to have a plan for. Uh, and yeah, next week it's supposed to be nice and cool down, but at least for the moment it's, it's, uh, you know, it's supposed to break triple digits tomorrow, so we'll we'll see what happens if anything. Absolutely, uh, Pete Browns Maven, what you got popping? Uh, so today I did a thing on Demarius Randall's contract uh, being the biggest test of the uh, John Dorsey era so far, and I do put that ahead of uh, of Kareem Hunt only because the uh, the stakes from a reputation standpoint are very high with the Kareem Hunt thing, but from a actual, what are you really risking uh, in terms of like financial uh, maneuverability or any of that is almost nil. Whereas, you know, I I, I don't think there's a scenario where everybody's going to get what they want out of uh, the Demarius Randall thing. And, And if he can, then, then great. That would be a huge coup. Uh, but chances are it's going to be probably spending more money than you'd like to or letting a player walk and having a really big hole of safety to address. That's that's a tricky one. There's just no way around it, and it's it's going to be interesting because all of a sudden now there are financially a lot of mouths to feed, which is crazy to think because, I mean, we enjoyed for this is almost – it's three three seasons now we're talking about a lot on Browns. It's almost we're coming up on a two-year anniversary. And it was cap space, cap space, cap space, cap space, cap space. And all of a sudden it's, well, who gets to stay? Who doesn't get to stay? Uh, so I'm just going to have to buckle up and see how it all plays out. Uh, make sure you're following at uh, Browns Maven on Twitter. You can find all the, uh, all the work Pete's doing over there, obviously. Uh, you can always find the work through him personally at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, BrownsMaven.com Again, he's he's busting his butt. He's putting out some good stuff for you guys. And the best thing is it's not always a read approach. A lot of it you can do listen to while you were in the car as well. While you're listening to Locked on Browns wink wink where Pete is also Um, the show itself at Locked on Browns all lowercase Uh, always follow back account. Um, I've having the DMs open and we've gotten some 
sexual bots coming over there, which is nice, but uh, I, I will continue to keep it open. Um, a lot of you, you know, have a lot of questions. You're Twitter shy, all that stuff. I don't care. It's fine. That that account is strictly, you know, for you guys who are fans of the show. And if you know, three thousand plus are going to come in every day and listen to what we're putting out, that's the least I can do for you. And we're all in this ride together. And I cannot wait till we start getting to talk about actual games and things of that nature, because um, it was fun last year. And for what could be this year, Barry. Very, very excited. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Make sure you're throwing a follow over there. We're going to continue. We've got, obviously, quarterbacks and running backs to get to. Um, we'll figure out how we're going to put together the linebackers and the secondary. Pete's going to need Monday and Tuesday off again this week as, you know, he's just got to, you know, the program. You know, obviously, sometimes it's going to take precedence over everything else. But, you know, appreciate everybody for it and, you know, continuing the ride. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.